For all you lovers of the Beehive State, welcome to the Utah Fan Club Podcast, where we're spreading the buzz about why Utah is the bee's knees. This western state is quite the hub to learn more. Join with us at the Utah Fan Club. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Wazi Tech, Utah's premier IT support company. They will help you with any of your IT needs. Go to www.wazitech.com. That's W-A-Z-I-T-E-C-H.com. Hey, y'all. Thank you for joining in to Utah Fan Club Podcast. My name is Chloe Lindsay. I am the scrunchy expert, and we are here with Savannah Gallagher, the founder of Tost. Hello, Utah. Thanks for having us, Steph. We're excited to be here. Well, we are so happy to have you here, Savannah, and, and I'm Steph, the ambassador of the Utah Fan Club, and you guys, the coolest thing about Savannah is she started her business Tossed when she was in high school, 16 <laughs> years old. Most 16-year-olds are like, hey, I have my driver's license, life is great, <laughs> so she's like, hey, you know what, I'm going to start this business. You guys are awesome, you're flattering me. <laughs> it's true! Thank so, you. So I was telling a friend about this interview before I came over here, and she was like, hey, will you ask her this question? So this question comes from Shalina, and she wants to know, how did you develop that passion? Like, how are you like, hey, I want to start my own business? Like, was it always in you, like, with lemonade stands, or, or what really happened? No, that's a great question. Honestly... People ask me this question a lot and I never feel like I have a super good answer. So I'll just be upfront with what I tell people. But I had a passion for the orphanage and for the kids and that was kind of where the passion came. But to be honest, I didn't, I mean, I listened to a lot of books. I liked to listen to business books in high school. So I think that was probably something my friends weren't listening to business books. That's for sure. But I never was super passionate about business, I would say, until I started and then I kind of took it and ran with it. I was, I was passionate about creating and working hard. And I have a very, very type A personality. So I was, you know, even as a little kid, huge fan of weird things like planners and dream boards and hey, calendaring. Weird. <laughs> no, planners are, oh, planner. love my planner, love my planner. But I think as a little kid, that was different from my friends. So I think that's probably where the passion I would say came from is more just my personality of being really organized and liking to get stuff done and productivity, love productivity. But I wouldn't necessarily say business until until I had started it, and then I absolutely loved it. <laughs> you can My turn? Okay. Whatever you want. I just was, like, letting you... We're all, like... I was, thinking, yeah. I was trying to think of a roast Oh, yes. <laughs> about having a planner at, like, five. Like, you were still stuck on the roast. She's, like, still, still thinking, thinking about, about the roast. She's like, Mom, I can't go to kindergarten yet. I need my planner. <laughs> okay, actually, I'll roast myself. Kindergarten, I... Actually, not kindergarten grade school, elementary school at some point, probably third grade-ish, I would actually remember crying to my mom because she, I, this is pathetic, I would always, you know how they give you an agenda and yeah. you're supposed to like, your parents are supposed to sign it every night. I would always put it on the table at a certain time every night. And if my mom didn't sign it by like 8.30 when I went to bed, I would get so frustrated because I needed to put it in my backpack with my water bottle, with my pencil bag and everything <laughs> signed it, ready to go for the morning. And sometimes she wouldn't sign it till the morning and I would get so frustrated. <laughs> so there, I'll just roast myself. Love agendas. <laughs> Love planners. <laughs> to tears. Yes. <laughs> to tears. tears. <laughs> to tears. Literally. So, but yeah, to answer the question, I think, I think that's probably where the passion came from was just my type A personality. And I don't know if I, I guess I'll just kind of go into the story right yeah. now of how it all started. But when I was 15, actually, my aunt had gone on a service trip with this company called Oso. 
and it's in Ecuador. Now it's expanded to a couple different locations, but the one that I specifically went to was a special needs orphanage. And she had told me about it since I was a little girl. And I always dreamed of doing that exact thing. And I wanted to be a foster parent. That's, you know, in elementary school, middle school, you always have to write what you want to be when you grow up. I would always say foster parent. So I wanted to do something in that field. And when I was 15, I finally felt like I was ready to apply, but you weren't allowed to go till you were 18. So I had to do everything I could. I called so many times, left like a million references on my application and they approved me to go when I turned 16. So when I turned 16, I went to the orphanage and worked there for several weeks and it was absolutely incredible, totally life-changing. I think everyone should go. So if you're interested in something like that, it's called OSO, O-S-S-O. And um, like I said, I went to the special needs one and it was incredible. The kids were so sweet. And while I was there, actually, they almost shut down just due to underfunding. So it's run all off of volunteer money, basically, and the government doesn't really help out with orphanages in Ecuador. So as you can imagine, it's really expensive with all their medical needs. So when I got home, I wanted to do something to help, but I tried to convince my parents to adopt essentially all the kids, and that (laughs) didn't go over as well. They actually did try for one of them, but it was just too hard. You know, out of country is really hard. And so... I was already making my own salt spray in my Vitamix with my little sister. <laughs> and and so, um, and people, I would give it to my friends and stuff because it was obviously so much cheaper than the salt spray and I would put coconut oil in it. So I liked it better than all the ones I was buying. And so when I got home, I kind of put two and two in together and that's kind of how I started it and with the goal of to help fund the special needs orphanage. So yeah, it's been awesome. You were telling us a funny story about how you actually got started with the company Toss. Do you want to repeat it for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. This is one of my favorite stories to tell because I feel like so many people have awesome ideas, much better than salt spray and a Vitamix, that are kind of scared to start. And so I tell people the story because it really illustrates how much I don't know (laughs) and how (laughs) scary it was at first. But so I was a junior in high school at the time. And like I said, I just got home from the orphanage and was super excited about the idea, but absolutely terrified to actually start it and go to my high school and hear what everyone would have to say (laughs) about my so-called company. Um, And so I, one night was just in my room thinking about it, like sketching out maybe what a logo could look like, what a name could be, just totally brainstorming and dreaming. And I started an Instagram account just for the sole purpose of seeing what the handle would look like on the screen with no actual intention of starting it. No, had done literally zero research prior to this night. Just, just an idea. (laughs) And so I made an Instagram. I think it was called salty at the time. I don't remember if I made the Instagram as salty or tossed, but I made the Instagram account and then I got a notification right away that it had notified all of my Facebook friends that I had made this Instagram. And I was mortified, mortified. I like ran down. I'm like, mom and dad, like, look what just happened. So embarrassed. And immediately I had my friends texting me like, what is, what is tossed? I think it was tossed. What is tossed? What is Instagram you're starting? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't mean to just don't follow it. You know, so scared. And I was started to get a lot of followers without posting anything just because my friends were really supportive and didn't really know what it was. And I think we're curious what it was going to be. And even random family friends that I hadn't talked to in a while were just following it just to see what it would be. And so I just kind of took that as an opportunity. I said, well, I already, you know, have some people who are interested. If I'm ever going to start this, now would be the time. I can't do this again, you know? And so I, I think I downloaded Photoshop that same night, made a logo that was literally just a black square that had tossed written in white. And, 
and said, okay, you know, I think I'll just, I'll just do it. So I made the logo, wrote a little bio, didn't, had no idea what I was doing. Absolutely no idea. And then that same night I made like a, one of those classic Squarespace like landing pages. And it was so easy. All I did was add in some pictures and some text, like nothing, no coding, nothing too impressive at all. And then like a couple days later, I got orders for salt spray. And I was like, I don't, I don't really know actually how to do this. Like I was just doing this in my Vitamix. Like, hold on everyone. And so I ordered some, I found some bottles from this random website, I ordered some bottles and um, this is also a funny story. They were in glass bottles because they were so pretty. So I thought, oh, this is going to be beautiful. My branding is going to be so beautiful. So excited. So my little sister was probably six at the time. She's the sweetest little thing. She was helping me pour it into the bottles from the Vitamix into these glass bottles. And I was so excited to ship out the first couple orders. So the first week, I think I shipped out like maybe four bottles of salt spray and I got four emails back like a few days later that all of them had shattered in, oh, no. in the bags. And so these people were like, hey, so awesome you started this. I got a package of like broken glass, but it smelled really good. Like, so embarrassing. And so I was mortified and tried to figure it happened honestly for a couple of weeks because I was trying all this different packaging uh-huh. and I would just wait you know, for two or three days until to see if they broke. <laughs> so yeah, that's how it started completely on accident. Like had really no intention of actually doing it. I probably wouldn't have actually been brave enough to do it if it hadn't have notified literally all of my friends <laughs> and family. So that's kind of how it started. But I, I like to tell that story because people are so nervous to start it because really and truly it is you have to be so vulnerable to start a business. It's terrifying, especially like in high school to go back to your high school and people think it's so dumb, you know, that you're doing something like that. And so I just tell people that story, hoping that if you are scared and if you have an idea, just do it. You have nothing to lose. Absolutely nothing. If you get made fun of, who cares? You're going to be awesome in a year for everyone who thought it was stupid. And now you're doing awesome. I think it's just, if I could do it, trust me, you can do it. (laughs) So that's the funny story that I wanted to share. So is your stuff still in glass bottles? No, now it's in plastic. Oh. It, was too, it was like... Learned from her mistake. Yes. Yeah. I literally think it was maybe $7 to ship out since the glass was so heavy. Oh. <laughs> so we did do glass for a while. And I think we're actually um, going to switch to glass again for our retail stores just because uh-huh. it looks so pretty on a shelf. But it's just too hard logistically to ship. So no, it's not glass. But we want to move back towards it again eventually. They're beautiful. So what what did your parents think about you starting this? Oh, my parents are so awesome. They were so sweet. They, my mom is the most classic example of, she's very entrepreneurial minded and she's a total go getter, just has a million different hobbies and is constantly listening to books and podcasts. And she's just great as is my dad, (laughs) not just my mom. They're both great. Um, but she was super like, I'm so embarrassed, mom. These all broke. I don't want to send out anymore. She's like, what are you talking about? You're not going to stop. Just keep, you know. And I think also I'm grateful. People always say, oh my gosh, that's so nice of your parents to fund this whole project for you and let you start as a learning experience. And not to put my parents down. I think I'm saying this and because I think it's great parenting of them. They didn't donate one penny. It was all, it was, I think I started with like a hundred dollars. Oh, <laughs> so, really? Yeah. Like that first order of bottles was like all the money I had to start it. <laughs> I think it was like 12 <laughs> glass bottles or something. And that was all I had. So every time you got an email back, you're like, yes! I'm like, yes, I can buy another bottle. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I really am thankful for them letting me have that learning experience and kind of learning how to do my finances. And of course, if I needed something, I'm sure they would have helped, but they, they were really awesome in that way. And so I think. Um, for people who are interested in starting something, I think you need someone, whether it's a friend, a parent, 
a spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whoever, a mentor, you need someone who's going to be your cheerleader because I would have stopped a million times. There's so many things that even now there's things that happen that are just, I mean, it still is my baby. And when something bad happens, I want to die. It's horrible, you know? And so I think you need someone to be your cheerleader and to help motivate you to keep going. And whoever that may be, I think that's essential. So if you are wanting to start off, call a friend and have he or she hold you accountable for everything you're doing and you're saying you're going to do, or else you probably won't do it. If you're me, maybe you're more awesome than me, <laughs> but um very grateful for them and their their support throughout it. And my sweetest little sister who would stay up till midnight and help me bottle <laughs> bottles. She was the only one in my family. She was, yeah, probably six or seven who would help me. She was the only one who knew how to package it correctly. And so literally she would stay up with me so late and my parents would let her and she would just sit on the counter, pour the bottles with me and she would package them up, put the sticker on the box. And then she knew how to place them in the box. And she's so sweet. So, so does she still help you? No, I wish she's, she lives in Colorado and I'm here, but she's still a sweetheart. (laughs) She's the best little sister in the world. Well, that's great learning for her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. You can put that on her resume. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, maybe I'll get fined for child labor, but (laughs) she's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Lessons she learned is worth it. Right. Right. I actually did pay her. I would pay her like, I think a quarter for a bottle or something because she was so stoked to make some money on it. And she's like, no, you don't need to pay me, but I thought it was fun to pair. I mean, it was literally like quarters, I think, is what I would pair. I'm maybe the worst big sister ever. But, <laughs> but yeah, she's awesome. So I have good memories from us together in high school. And now you're in over 100 retail locations, which is crazy cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we we love retail. That's kind of where we're putting a lot of our time right now. And so it's been really fun. It's fun to see our products in stores around the around the country. Or to see people... As the scrunchie expert, I'll see people <laughs> wearing them like on campus or in like retail stores. I'll go out, I'll see them in their hair or on their wrist, and I'm like, I know where that comes yeah. from. <laughs> like, I see that. I know where you got that. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's, we're finally to a point where I feel like I see people wearing our scrunchies and it's so satisfying and makes me feel so happy when I see people around wearing our products that aren't my friends or my family. <laughs> it was a few years of just my friends and my family wearing it. So, <laughs> and her employees. Yes. <laughs> yes. And my employees. <laughs> So what exactly are the products that you have? So scrunchies, do you still do the salt spray? Yes. So our salt spray is still kind of the staple of our company, I would say. So salt spray, we have a bunch of different sizes, scents, and all sorts of new fun things coming for the salt spray. Um, we have scrunchies and several variations of scrunchies. We have bow scrunchies and the normal scrunchies, as well as hair bandanas. We have lip balm, a salt scrub. And lots more products coming soon. Not too, not too huge. We're still, we're still growing, but hair products and accessories is what we tell people. <laughs> when did you first introduce hair accessories that weren't the salt spray into your line? So I went to school at BYU Hawaii, right? When I graduated early from high school and went to BYU Hawaii. And I feel like Hawaii is a little bit more trendy than Colorado and Utah, where I'm at now. And a bunch of people were wearing scrunchies and it was right when they were kind of new and super trendy. And I thought they were so cute, loved them, bought a few, came home and my family 
made so much fun of me for wearing scrunchies. They're like, get back in the eighties. You know, they just oh. thought that it was so stupid that I was wearing scrunchies. And so no one really supported me in my decision to my family. Okay. Totally did not mean to bash my family. They're yeah. great. They love toss. They support me, but they just thought that scrunchies were kind of funny. Um, Sometimes family aren't up to date. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right. The What's worst part the is my family actually is very, trendy and stylish they just didn't believe me because they weren't really mm-hmm. back to mainland yet i think they were kind of only in hawaii <laughs> um so yeah i wanted to start them and kind of just did it i went and bought some fabric at joann's i think was the first <laughs> i went to a manufacturer in utah and i think i had them do like 300 maybe for the first run something like that and people loved them and so it was really fun and basically just got the itch and started expanding, expanding, expanding. But people loved them more than the salt spray even. And now it's kind of even, I would say. But yeah, so I I wish I had a better story of like, oh, I was sewing them in my garage, but I never (laughs) even, I have no sewing experience and knew that I would. sold sewed one. Yeah, (laughs) no, I never have, which is sad to say. That would make for a better story. but (laughs) it's actually a really bad story. What 16-year-old goes to a local manufacturer (laughs) with their fabric for brands and, like, is like, hey, I want you to make this. Like, that's rad, actually. Okay, well, to be fair, I was probably 17 at this point. (laughs) Much more mature at 17. (laughs) So Um, how did you find the manufacturer? Did you just Google, like, companies that can make me scrunchies? I'm trying to remember. I actually think – oh, I remember. My mom – was doing something. She was wanting to start something with clothing. And I think she had the contact and she was like, you should go to them and see if they will make you scrunchies. And they're actually in Provo, which is so random because there's Mm -hmm. hardly any around there. And we used them for a long time, but I just went and was like, Hey, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I would love some scrunchies. And they were really, I got really lucky because they were super nice scrunchies. Like I didn't even have a pattern or anything to give them. I just said, I like scrunchies. I think this fabric's cute. I think you should do them. And they did a great job. So yeah, that's kind of how they came to be. Exactly. So were you selling these at school? Like, or? No, this was at this point, it was all online. So. I think we had like maybe. Oh, because you graduated early. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think I had maybe 2,000 very loyal Instagram followers who <laughs> they would be redirected to our website. And we sold everything through our website basically until probably maybe a year and a half, two years ago was when we got into our first retail location. So yeah, up to that point, it was just, just online through Instagram. I wasn't doing any sort of ads or anything. I didn't even hardly know what that was. <laughs> so <laughs> we grew fast. <laughs> but So what encouraged you to get into retail stores? I was listening to a podcast, I think. Go podcast. Yes. I wish I knew which one it was. But I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about tips to getting into stores. And I had never even thought about getting into stores, which is dumb on my part. But I was like, oh, that would be a really good idea. And so they had this really extensive package, basically, that you were supposed to put together and go bring it to a retail store. And I was so, 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 so nervous to do that. And so it took me months of knowing what I needed to do to actually do it because I was so nervous to actually put together all of our numbers and our sales and our prices. I had no idea how to, how wholesale pricing worked. And then now in hindsight, I mean, it's really easy. It's pretty standard, just usually 50%. Um but it it made me so nervous to kind of take it to the next step because I felt like up until that point, it was more of just a hobby that I wanted to be a real company. But I mean, it's not like I was making any awesome, huge sales. It was like a few of my friends on Instagram. So it wasn't really even a real company. But the very first retail store that we were in was Soul Boutique, which is in the Riverwoods in Provo, Utah, if you're familiar. 
And they were awesome. They were so nice. I don't even think they knew that they were my first ones at the time, but I basically brought them the product. They were excited about it. They said they would buy it. I was so excited, so nervous, called everyone I knew, told them. And this is kind of funny. I brought them all of our products with, I spent weeks researching barcodes and how you were supposed to do it. Cause you know, I learned from the podcast that you have to scan the barcode to do the price. And so I was bought all these barcodes and printed them all on these stupid stickers and put them all on like the bottles of salt spray and the scrunchies. And then when I went back in the store, like a day after they had taken off all the barcodes and put their own on top. <laughs> I was so embarrassed that I, cause they put their own barcodes on, obviously not mine, but I was so embarrassed that I did it wrong. And yeah, so that was kind of the first <laughs> retail experience. And then from there, it was much easier to get into more once I kind of learned the ropes from the first one. But I think also I just got lucky there. People were excited about it since I think at the time scrunchies were so trendy and new that a lot of people didn't have them in their stores, but they wanted them. Do you realize though, like how cool this is that you actually, like people talk about doing stuff all the time, but you actually, you heard from a podcast and you're like, okay, I'm going to research this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to put this together. That's so intimidating to go into a retail store and be like, this is my product. Because sometimes that product, it like feels like it's a part of you, you know? Oh, totally. It's like they're rejecting you. Totally. But you like, you just went in and did it. And I'm just like looking at you. I'm like, holy cow, you're 20 now. In in a decade, like, just, it's cool to see, because sometimes I wish, like, oh, I wish I would have gotten into this or this when I was younger, and it's cool because you're doing it right Thank now, you. you know? Thank you. No, that's so nice. No, it was terrifying. I was not, I was not near as confident as it makes it seem like. I, I definitely sent the email first. I think I didn't even go in until they said yes. I was too scared to show my face until they said yes. Yes. I think I went in after they said yes and brought them my products, but actually, no, that's not true because I had to bring them a sample. But no, it was terrifying. It was so terrifying. But thank you. That's nice to say. But I love that sometimes too, where you just have to have one person that sort of believes in you and they may not even believe that, know that they're the first. And that's like what this podcast, I like just started reaching out. They didn't know that the first person that said yes, yeah. my first person. <laughs> but it's like cool because yeah. once you have one person, it's like, okay, then I can have another and I can have another. And like, even just for your confidence, you feel yeah. so much like I'm in one store. I can do it again. And you know? like, like, like what you said, it's like people that aren't your friends and your family that are liking it. It's like, right. they aren't just liking this because they like me. Mm-hmm. Right. They actually are liking the product. Yeah. And this is stupid, but you know, the movie we bought a zoo. Oh the yeah. The line in there that's like, oh. it only takes 20 seconds of courage. I think about that all the time, like with the first retail store or the first anything. I'm like, okay, if I can just have 20 seconds to send the email and bring in the sample, then run away. I can do that in 20 and seconds. Then, yeah, I'm like, that's fine. I, I can do that. It. If they say no, I'll never talk to them again. I'm too scared. <laughs> but, They'll lose your business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would you say has been the most challenging aspect of running the company? Oh, <laughs> Honestly, there's a, there's a lot of things that are really challenging. It's so fulfilling and the most rewarding thing I can even picture doing, but it's it's very very challenging. I don't want to sugarcoat it. Um and I think you'll probably hear this response from a lot of business owners and I listen to a lot of podcasts and I think almost everyone says this. So, sorry I'm going to repeat this, but I think it's true. With a job, you go to work at 9, you come back at 5, and then you come home and you can have dinner with your spouse or your friends or you know, go take a drive up the canyon whatever. But for me, there's, it never turns off. There's never, there's never, I'm never off of work. Even when I'm on, even on my honeymoon, my sweet, sweet husband, I'm like having to answer emails and it just never turns off in my brain. And so I think that's something that's been really, really hard is learning how to 
manage work, school, my personal life, my spirituality, all the different aspects. It's, I have a lot of things that I'm passionate about and it's easy to let the work aspect just completely trump over everything because I feel like if I don't, you know, do X, then it's just going to fall apart. And sometimes it does. <laughs> so I think that's the hardest part is realizing that, you know, I, I had to learn this the hard way, but I, have to set myself very strict hours or I will literally work all night because there's, it's never done. There's a million things to be done. There's a million emails. There's a million new ideas, new products, new fabrics, whatever. And so it's, it's really, really hard for me to turn it off. Um, so I would say that's the most challenging thing is it's so rewarding because it's so awesome. I get to have my own hours and I can go on trips and, and it's so much more flexible. And yes, that's true. And I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to do that. But it also is sometimes I'm so, envious and jealous of the people who get off work and then are just off work period. Like I've never, <laughs> I've never, because since I was old enough to have a job, I've been doing this, you know? So I've never really had that experience of coming home from work and being done. Um, so I think that is something that's been really, really important for me to learn. And it's been a great lesson for me to learn is that there, there's always going to be things. It's kind of like, I feel like this as a college student, there's always stuff that you can study for. You're never done with your homework. And that's kind of how I feel is I'm never done with my homework. I'm never studied enough for the test and I'm never done with TOST ever. <laughs> and so it's been really valuable for me to learn. You know, I, I used to work business hours and Chinese business hours because that's where all of our manufacturers were. And I did that for probably a year and a half, maybe two years. And I was in school. So it was just, I wasn't, I wasn't a real human being. And so I think, yeah, but it, it's been great for me to learn that. And I urge other people to do that in every aspect of your life. There's, it's really easy for me to become a workaholic and that's not what I want to be. And I think for other people, not just business owners, but other people in your job, you have to set yourself boundaries or it'll completely consume you and take away from other aspects of your life that are still important to you. So I would say that's, I mean, other challenges, but I, I would say that's the biggest constant challenge that I have is I always have to be conscious of you know, it's seven o'clock. I need to stop working. Like I need it. Yes. The time balance is really hard. So that's what I would say, but not to sound depressing. It's so amazing. <laughs> and it's the greatest experience of my life, but it is, well, it is hard. You've been a full-time student ever since you came to college. Yeah. So yeah. The, you told me earlier on the way up, Savannah told me that she's taking 17 and a half credits <laughs> oh, holy cow. right now and, and running tossed full-time and helping her husband who's also in school and the dog mom two dogs <laughs> dog mom and that so I can't, one. yeah two two dogs um Oak, oakley and louie yes I girl. yes those are my dogs um so i can't imagine having to having so much on your plate and yet you're still very successful in school and you're very successful in your business so what do you think has been like a driving factor behind your desire to to succeed hmm you stumped me. I would say this is also lame. Staying organized is the most, if I don't, if I don't block out every hour of my day, it's just mayhem. I, I don't get anything done that I need to, need to. And for me, I'm very old fashioned. I have to write things down. And so every night before I go to bed, I have a little planner that sits on my bedside and I write down every single thing that needs to happen that next day. And I often go to bed stressed because I have a million things, you know, on the to-do list. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. Um, and I, checking those boxes off is the greatest thing in the world for me. And so I would just say staying organized and learning how to manage my time. Like I said, it's been a really great lesson that I'm grateful that I was able to learn it young because that's something that everyone needs to learn how to do. You know, there's phases of your life that are going to be so much busier than others. But yeah, and I would also say it's really important to not give up the things that you're they are important to you. Like, for example, church is really important to me. And sometimes I feel like I don't have any time to read my scriptures or go to church or go to this awesome devotional or listen to this talk or 
you know, reach out to a friend. And that's something that's, if I don't plan that out in my day, it doesn't happen. And so, or like dates with my husband, that's really important to me that my husband and I go on a date a week at the bare minimum. You know, I really want him to be glad he married me, not this (laughs) zombie of a human being. And so that's something too, that if I don't, if I don't block that out in my schedule, it doesn't happen. And so I think for people who are really, really busy, which I think everyone's really busy in their own ways. Don't, don't give up the things that you care about just because they feel maybe not as important. You know, like I, I like to have time in the morning to work out. And if I, if I don't time, if I don't block it out, it doesn't happen too. So I think that's just something that I can be a lot better about. But I think that hopefully people can relate to that too, is that if you don't have a planner or something to write it down, I would definitely suggest trying it because I think it'll change your life. So what's your recommended uh, planner? Brand of planners. Oh, honestly, I always switch every school year. I get a different one, so I don't have a, I don't have one that I like. No, you're not swear loyal by. That's I'm not loyal. Question. No, that is a good question. Yeah, I. But if anyone has one that they swear by, send it my way. <laughs> I just get the cutest one I can find at TJ Maxx <laughs> every school year. So. See, and I had a planner. So I'm old school. I like uh-huh. write down on my planner too. And I had a planner last year that I loved because it was like, okay, my top three goals. Oh, that's and great. And then like my daily oh. goals and then my weekly goals. And then it had a, like a gratitude section. Oh, that's awesome. And I like my one now, but it's just not not quite the same. Not the same. Because oh, I'm, yeah. I'm with you too of, of planning. And mm-hmm. so that's – I like hearing – so you just pl- block those out in your planner. Like, okay, from 9 to 10, I'm working on this and yeah, this time. Yeah, yeah. So the one I have now, and this is what I always look for in ones, it has each day. And then it also has a section of, like, overall to-dos. So for the overall to-dos, I do the classic box and I write all the things that need to happen that week. And then in the days, I block out the things that, like, absolutely are the most important to happen that day. So, for example, Monday I have, you know – six to seven, I work out seven to eight. I do this, you know, it's every hour is blocked out. And then if I don't get to it, it just goes back to the overall to-do list and I block it back into a different day. And then by the weekend, I can see which ones I didn't get to that are unchecked. And I just try to do with all those on Saturday. And I pretty much every single week have a million that overflow the next week, but it also is a good way for me to visually see what things are the very most important to me that absolutely have to happen. And the secondary things I would love to happen this week, but if they don't, I'm not going to beat myself up. And then kind of the back burner list that's like, yeah, I'd be on top of the world if I finished these this week, <laughs> but probably, and you know, those things probably, not probably, they do get to every single week yeah. to do this because they don't happen. But I think it's really important to block out the things that are important to you. And yes, work is important, but if you get lost in all the nitty gritty things, you have to answer all the emails today. If that happens, then you won't get to any of the other things that are important to you and that you don't want to sacrifice, but you will end up sacrificing them just even subconsciously by getting bogged down by all the things you have to do in the work section. <laughs> and one thing that I've realized is that a lot of times people are understanding of... Absolutely. Like, you guys, I was supposed to email you questions to this podcast, and I didn't <laughs> for until a day later. And you guys were understanding of that, and I think that sometimes it can be, like, so stressful of, like, mm-hmm. oh, all these emails are all these things, but... At the end of the day, like one day does I don't I don't know. You totally, want to be someone totally. of your word too, but I think that a lot of times people are understanding. Oh yeah. So, yeah, and that's something that I've learned a million times over is people are very generally nice and supportive and understanding of anything. Like stuff I can't even begin. Stuff always gets messed up in our business. Like launch dates are always a month later, and everything is just it happens. Pretty much, I feel like every time I do anything, which is totally fine, and I've been overwhelmed with how 
our customers and our my friends, my family, everyone is so understanding of like, for example, our manufacturer is literally two months late for the fall line. So you might be seeing we have pretty much no inventory on our website right now because it's so late and people have been so nice. I I get stressed because with all of these retail locations, people will be emailing me and they've been planning, you know, this order on September 1st and we don't even have samples yet. Like that's so stressful for me, but I've been emailing people back. I'm so sorry this happened. And they're like, oh my gosh, no worries. I'm so sorry that happened. That's so stressful. We can't wait to get them whenever you have them. And that's pretty much always how the response is. And I just am always grateful for nice people. So if you're nice, thank you so much. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. How many different styles of scrunchies do you have, Savannah? Um, It depends on what you define as style. <laughs> we have two main lines right now and a new line coming in the winter. Ooh. But um, our main line is just your classic scrunchie. With, and then we have a line of bow scrunchies. So people call them bow scrunchies, not scrunchies, scrunchie with ears, some people call them. Um, but, you know, the little ones with the bow on it. And we have velvet, we have cotton, we have polyester, we have silk, printed, solid. So pretty much, I mean, almost everything you can imagine. We have all sorts of fun prints and the best designer in the whole world emily if you're listening to this we love you <laughs> and she is great she designs all sorts of fun patterns and what we think our customers want so if you have an idea send it our way <laughs> you'll always utah scrunchies yes <laughs> utah scrunchies you'll always find something to match your outfit i yeah. always have one on my wrist because i like to have my hair down but the second i start getting like stressed or someone's oh. trying to fight me i'm like it goes let's up. Go, <laughs> it, goes go. it goes up so fast. So yeah. fast. So it's nice because it always will match my outfit and you can mix patterns and colors. And, and I think it's a fun way to express your personality. Hair ties are lame and it's just a black rubber band, but scrunchies are awesome because they also don't break off your hair. They're so much more comfortable to have in your hair, yeah. but it's a fun way to like, you know, have a fun pattern on your wrist that's not too flashy and... Yeah. Or like in the I way. Love they never get in the way of yeah. like stuff. And like I like how you mentioned the hair breaking. Because oh, my yeah. hair is pretty sensitive. And I put my hair up in ponytails all the time. And they'd be tight because I don't like the wispy. Yeah. I look like a founding father. So <laughs> I just like low ponytails. <laughs> and so but then I'd get home and I'd take the pony out and my hair would be like this. Yeah. Like just it like would increase. still be in the ponytail. Just yeah. from like the damage of putting it up every day. And so when I use a scrunchie. It doesn't damage my hair the way that normal ponytails do. So that's why I made the big switch over to scrunchies bef even before I was the scrunchie expert here at Toss. <laughs> before and I this is why we now. love Chloe. <laughs> you can't see her, but she's flipping her hair right now <laughs> yeah. and showing her scrunchies. Yeah, she is. She's great. Any other – I'm trying to think. I feel like we covered all the questions. Yeah, I, so I feel like this is, like, really good because you, you are super honest, and I think that people can relate. Yeah, yep. very transparent. Um, I'll just say one thing. I, I sometimes hesitate to say this because I don't mean to sound like I'm on a high horse because truly, if you know me or you know my company, you know that we have nothing together. It's a mess. It's like just a hot mess 24 seven. And I, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm still, I'm still learning. I mean, I'm, I pretty much have just faked it till I make it and I can't wait till I make it, but it's all still, I'm, I'm still faking everything all step of the way. Um, but I think, I think since I am so young and I think a lot of young people have awesome ideas for businesses or awesome passions that they want to do, but they just have no idea where to start because it's so overwhelming. You have no, I mean, you have no idea who to talk to, what to look up. You know, it's like I Google how to start a Salisbury company. Like it's just <laughs> not much comes up. You know, it's, it's really hard when you have something so specific in mind. So if you have any questions or even if you just want 
a pick me up or literally anything. I love helping people. So if you just shoot me a DM on my Instagram or reach out to Toss, I would love to help with any questions you have or, um, you know, any logistics. I, I've been wanting to put together a workshop for a long time of just the very basics of how to start because people ask me all the time and it's, it's really not as complicated as you would think. It's just people have no idea where to start as I didn't and still don't. But yeah, so I just want to put that out there. If you do have questions, I'd love to help. So then Savannah, do we have any exclusive deals for our listeners today? We would love for all of you guys to get a discount. So if you enter the code Utah Fan Club on our Shopify store, then you'll get 20% off. So head over to the website. We're www.tost.co. C-O, not to be confused with toss.com. That's a salad company. People <laughs> often get confused with that. I so have been there. I have it, been to that website. People have applied there, unfortunately, thinking it was my company. <laughs> oh, it's no. not my company. <laughs> they won't give us the domain, but they're probably a great company. So <laughs> www.toss.co um, and just enter in Utah Fan Club and you'll get 20% off your order. So thank you so much for listening. Like I said, if you have any questions or anything, don't hesitate to reach out. We'd love to help. Or if you have any fun ideas or really anything at all, comments, positive, negative, we want to hear. <laughs> Not negative. That's my job. I don't want to do it. <laughs> but thank you, Steph, so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. But we've been just laughing and having so much fun today. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so impressed with Steph. So thank you for supporting her podcast. She's great. And thanks for having us. She oh, saves thanks, lives. <laughs> thanks for representing Utah County with your business. Love Utah County. And thanks for listening, Utah. If you love the Beehive State, we're here to tell you why it is great. From Lake Powell up to Bear Lake, our scenery you just can't fake. Our number of counties is 29, all with plenty of places you can dine. This western state is quite the hub to learn more. Join with us at the Utah Fan Club. Mm -hmm.